you about VictoryUnlimitedShow.com. The thought police in your cities, for all intents and purposes, have declared war on good men. Victory Unlimited was first thought to have been driven underground by enemy forces, but recent reports reveal that he has resurfaced. What's going on? Where's VU? He now leads a large mobile strike force on a mission to destroy the axis of evil, low self-esteem, lack of knowledge, and loser mentality. We've just gotten word that Victory Unlimited has just taken over another whack radio station in North America. He is now just seconds away from tapping into the secret government control feed to transmit a message to all soldiers in the VU Army. Many of you know me. I am Victory Unlimited, and this is the Victory Unlimited Show. And to answer your unspoken question, no, I ain't your daddy, but I am going to tell you what to do. Because this is a mission, not some small-time thing. So let's see what we got today. Calls or emails? Victory, email. Well, let's do emails. Question. Hey, Victory, I'm one of your female listeners, or as we like to call ourselves, I'm one of your sisters in arms. I know that on the surface, your show is targeted towards helping men, but I also know that deep down, it's targeted towards helping us women too, by way of helping the men first. Anyway, I'm emailing you about my two older brothers. I see them making one bad relationship decision after another. One brother keeps picking the wrong kinds of women to date, which is leaving him bitter. While my other brother, who just got out of a bad marriage, is on his way to rush into proposing to a woman that I can clearly see is only with him for his money. And the thing is, I try to talk to them, and I even try to get them to listen to your show, but they don't. They just keep doing what they're doing and keep repeating the same old mistakes. So my question is... Why is it so hard for some men to take dating and relationship advice? Answer. Cyclical Sucker Syndrome In dating and relationships, if it's true that knowledge is the key, these are the kind of guys that you'll see standing off to the side somewhere patting their pockets because they ain't got it. Why is it so hard for some men to take dating and relationship advice? That's a good question, but... I'd even add to your question by saying that there are even more men who won't even ask for any dating or relationship advice. A lot of times, men tend to not proactively arm themselves with dating and relationship knowledge because of pride and ego. And other times, it's simply because of delusion or ignorance. You see, most women become aware of the concept of romantic relationships and become fascinated with wanting to learn more about them at a younger age than we tend to. 
And that's why you'll see about a million dating and relationship self-help type books, broadcasts, workshops, and resources targeted at women. And by comparison, only, only a few resources are targeted at men. So as I was saying, some men don't ask for or take dating and relationship advice because they don't take male-female relationship dynamics seriously. They don't recognize or respect the power of relationships before it's too late. They don't appreciate how relationships can actually impact all other areas of their lives early on, early on. When they first start, you see, when they first start getting to know a particular woman, they don't really think in terms of consequence. Oh, and uh, by the way, let's pause for a moment in order to really take into account what the word consequence means. When we break it down, it can be pronounced as con slash sequence. Of course, con means against, and sequence means the following of one thing after another. So when I say that there are some men who refuse dating and relationship advice because they don't consider the consequences, what I'm really saying is that these men, because of their lack of knowledge, they don't pay attention to the sequence of events that they have set in motion that are going against them in relationships. So, naturally, when these guys get hit with bad dating and relationship outcomes, they're always shocked. They're always taken by surprise, blindsided, because they never see the bad stuff coming. Instead, what some of them like to think before they took that relationship hit was, hey, I'm the man, hey, I got this, but the reality is, no, it's got you. You see, guys who let pride and ego stop them from asking for or accepting any kind of dating or relationship advice, especially when they reach a point, especially when they reach a point where they know that they need it, are usually those ones who talk the most about being the man, being the biggest player, having the most women or whatever. These guys are also the same guys that whenever they lose a woman, you might you might have to take their ties, belts and shoelaces and put them under 24 hours suicide watch just to keep them alive. Think of it this way. The people that we meet and date are like elevators. They'll take us up or they'll take us down. But they usually never just leave us exactly the way or at the same place that they found us. I don't need no advice. I got this. If I had a quarter for every time that I've heard that and it turned out to not be true, well, let me say this. There's not one of us above having somebody else drop some knowledge on us from time to time about something. And that's including the man that I see in the mirror. All these years I've been teaching you, all these years I've been trying to make a man out of you. It looks so easy. It looks so easy. Now you're in trouble. Now, as far as your two brothers are concerned, all you can do is keep doing what you're doing. Keep pointing them in the right direction because eventually, hopefully after they take enough hits, their minds will finally be open enough to whereas they'll be able to take whatever good advice they can get. You see, changing how you think doesn't always happen in the same order or in the same way. You know, I used to say for people to change, it's not always necessary for them to see the light, but only that they feel the heat. But now, these days, I tend to alter that a little bit. Now I say, sometimes people will begin to see the light after they felt enough pain to make them want to get out of that heat. Question. VU. 
I met this woman about three months ago. When we first met, she was all over me. Things were going well for about two weeks. Then she seemed to back away and be standoffish towards me on dates. Then she would eventually just disappear on me completely. But then, all of a sudden, she's back. We go out again. And she would be trying to get at me as soon as I come to pick her up. But then, the very next day, she wouldn't return my calls or texts. And she would even go so far as to block me or totally shut down all of her Facebook and Instagram accounts for days at a time. Well, guess what? Now, she's back in my life again, calling and texting me all the time, talking about how much she wants to see me and how much she likes spending time with me. And whenever I try to talk about why she's so flaky, the only thing she says is that she's sorry, but that she's been going through a lot. So, VU, my question is, what do you think is going on with this woman? Answer. Ah, I see that you've got yourself a she loves me, she loves me not type chick. Or is she a now you see me, now you don't type chick? Well, let's not waste time here. Let's just cut straight to the hardcore truth. And here it is. Any woman who's running hot and cold on you is usually having her thermostat adjusted off and on by somebody else. And of course, when you try to ask her, hey, what's going on with you? Of course, she's going to say, I'm sorry. I've been going through a lot. And actually, she is telling you the truth. Because by a lot, what she means is that she's been going through a lot of dudes, a lot of men, a lot of busters, a lot of sucker boys, or even a lot of guys without a clue, like you, who just sent in this question that I've just been reading. No offense, of course, because that's what I'm here for. To not only give you a clue, but to give you a strategy to protect yourself from this type of situation happening to you in the future. You see, what we have here is a woman who either doesn't know what she wants or worse, all she wants is everything. She wants everything she sees. She's either out here enjoying hopping on and off the merry-go-round of many men or she's being taken on emotional roller coaster rides by one man in particular. Either way, unless you're Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, Johnny Lee Miller, or, or Basil Rathbone from those old black and white movies from the 40s, you ain't Sherlock Holmes. So stop trying to play him in real life. You ain't going to solve this mystery. You ain't going to solve this mystery. And I call it a mystery because you can never count on her coming right out and telling you, the reason you haven't been seeing me around much lately is because I've been too busy getting around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you will never hear that. So that's why in situations like this, you have to come to your own conclusions just to save your time, your money, and your sanity. Or to put it another way, women who like giving you their time don't like messing with your mind. So as a way to stop yourself from falling into that trap over and over again, try to remember this. Whenever you find yourself racking your brain for over five minutes trying to trying to figure out what, what some woman is thinking you've already spent about four minutes too long Question. hey VU, love the show man here is something that i've always wondered about but have never been able to figure out what do women mean when they say they want men to work harder for their affection? Answer. 
Okay, what do women mean when they say they want men to work harder for their affection? Well, well, this usually means only one of two things. Number one, they say this because they might be insecure or have low self-esteem. These kinds of women, no matter how much you show them, no matter how much you tell them, because of their because of their negative self-image and or because of the emotional baggage that they might be carrying from the past, they find it next to impossible to believe that your feelings for them is genuine or that your intentions are good. So what do they do? They keep badgering you about it to get some reassurance or they keep putting you through a bunch of tests trying to get you to jump through hoops in an attempt to try to please them. So that's one reason why some women say they want for men to work harder to get with them. Another interpretation of what they mean when they say this, or I should say the second interpretation of a woman saying, I want men to work harder to get with me, is that these are actually cold words that really only means that most of the men that they meet, they're used to only having either low or marginal interest in them in the first place. And so, and so, because of that, the only way that they can mentally justify giving him any type of affection in return is by measuring the amount of sweat equity that they see him being willing to put into pursuing them. So that's the second interpretation of what it means when you hear women say that they want for guys to work harder to get with them. Now, you know, it just occurred to me in an odd way. What they're saying is that they are a commodity that they're for sale and that they want guys to quote unquote earn them. <laughs> you know, kind of like an asshole boss that enjoys making his or her employees work late and on weekends for no extra pay. Well, let me drop this knowledge bomb on you guys right now. There is a difference between a woman being hard to get and a woman playing hard to get. And you can usually tell the difference by paying close attention to her overall attitude and her consistency of behavior towards you. If she's genuine, if she's just simply a woman who has certain standards, reasonable, realistic standards, I should say, then you should be able to tell that over time. But if she's not genuine, it won't take long for her true feelings or lack thereof to start coming out too usually in the form of, what, smug behavior or, or a condescending general attitude towards you, which, if you're a man with a healthy amount of self-respect, will wind up turning you totally the hell off. Why? Because that's when you'll realize that women who play hard to get are hard to want. The Victory Unlimited show is brought to you by the Victory Unlimited Battle Plan, saving men from themselves, one man at a time. Come and join us at VictoryUnlimitedShow.com and find out how you can get the classified intel on how to win the war, to attract, engage, and execute better relationships with women by becoming a better man. Hey, BU, I got a relationship question. But my question is not about ordinary, 
run-of-the-mill type relationships. I've got a question about relationships between men and women where it starts off where both people are interested, compatible, emotionally stable, clinically sane, but crazy about each other. As good as these relationships seem from the beginning, I've seen a lot of people, including myself, wind up watching these kinds of relationships fall by the wayside just like any other lame relationship would. So my question is, what ruins great relationships and what can we do to stop it from happening? Answer. What makes good relationships go bad? Well, before we get deep into that, let's get deep into this. Think of your life, especially your relationship life, the same way you think of your body. Oh, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, what the... F but, just just hang on. Just, just bear with me for a minute. You see, when two people enter into a relationship, it's just like you heard in Sunday school. They become, in a sense, one flesh, one body, as it were, in a manner of speaking. The relationship takes on a life of its own. And like any other living body, it has an order, a balance, a consistency, a rhythm. And the best way for you to know whether your relationship is in good shape or bad shape is by judging it by its heart. You see, soldier, your heart has a rhythm. It has beats, like a song or a book or a poem or a movie or anything that tells a story. And by being able to recognize the sound of it, you'll also be able to judge how sound it is. Is the heartbeat of the relationship more like a cool-ass drum beat? Or is it more like the sound of a ticking time bomb? To maintain a great relationship and to avoid having it blow up in your face, these are the kinds of things you have to always be mindful of. These are the kinds of questions that you always have to ask yourself. And make no mistake, what we're talking about here is not just when a relationship is blown apart from an outside threat like, like cheating or something, but when it's blown apart from the inside out, when it self-destructs because you're not being vigilant. We are at war! That's right, just like with everything else in life. We are at war, son! And there are always two fronts where the war is being waged, foreign and domestic, to invade, conquer, and occupy the areas of our lives that make us the most happy. We're always fighting the war away and the war at home. There are external threats to relationships and internal threats to relationships coming at us 24-7. How do you fight off these attacks? You've got to always remember who you are and who she is. If you were the man when you met her, then it would behoove you to stay the man throughout the relationship. And if she was the woman when you met her, then it would behoove her to also stay the woman throughout the relationship. But wait, it's election year. So here's another analogy for you. A relationship is just like a political campaign. Most man, woman, romantic interactions don't automatically just continue on just because of luck, happenstance, or, or proximity. Yeah, you can, yeah, yeah, sometimes you can fall ass backwards into sex, one night stands, hookups, or whatever, but, but to be in a long-term, long-lasting, great relationship, you usually have to run for that office because the two of you have to elect 
each other, to occupy that romantic position in each other's lives. You understand what I'm saying to you? To be the man and stay the man or to be the woman and stay the woman. What should you do? Be consistent with who you are and how you represent yourself to that other person. Because because whatever those core qualities, those core attributes are, the moment you change those or allow those to be changed, then metaphorically, that's when you let your shields down. Theoretically, that's when the relationship becomes vulnerable and open to attack both from inside and from outside. There are actually there are actually a lot of reasons why great relationships end, of course. But let's just let's just talk about a few such as selfishness. Check. You losing your identity. Check. What about hubris? You taking it for granted. You, you getting too comfortable, letting it get too routine. Check. What about having unrealistic expectations? What about people having unrealistic expectations, thinking that a great relationship ain't nothing because it ain't perfect? Let me tell you something. If you or her are one of those kinds of people that keep looking for the perfect relationship rather than just enjoying a great relationship, then know that you're going to be out there looking from now on. Check. Anyway, anyway, some more reasons why relationships that were great at the beginning can wind up ending are not having enough meaningful connections with each other outside of sex. It always puts an undue amount of extra pressure on a relationship when it's not multifaceted enough. Check. What about one more I just thought about? What about after the initial dating phase is over with? What about failing to realize that dating is merriment and marriage is ministry? Wait, wait, I don't think you heard me. Let me say it a different way. Let me say it this way. Without some kind of conscious commitment, most quote-unquote relationships have an expiration date, a shelf life. A kind of built-in obsolescence. People who don't understand or accept that relationships ain't going to always be fun every moment of every day. They are not always going to be thrilling every moment of every day. You see, because there's a certain sameness and routine to good relationships that if you're immature, you will interpret that as being lame and boring when actually there's nothing further from the case. Because if the connection is real, it'll always be meaningful you'll find yourself re-experiencing all those thrills, all those good times, all that excitement, and all that satisfaction in cyclical periods over and over again. You ought to be seeing by now that what prevents most good relationships from going bad is is a proper understanding of commitment and the willingness of both people to honor that commitment. I mean, I mean, really, really, what are you going to do when outside forces attack your relationship? Are you going to turn on each other like gutless soldiers in a foxhole and start firing at each other, shooting at each other? I hope not. If one of you takes a big economic hit, like losing your job, your house, or whatever, does that mean that the person who's still banked up, the person who's still balling out of control, does that also mean that they lose total interest in that person in the relationship that took that big economic hit too? Does that automatically mean that the relationship is over, too? I hope not. If one of you gets chronically or, God forbid, even terminally ill, does that mean that your relationship is over? If one of you has a family that if one of you has a family that makes you choose between them and your relationship, 
does that mean that your relationship is over? Because even though I've been saying if a lot, if this, if that, the reality is more like when. This is life, son. Nobody gets out unscathed. Nobody gets out without going through something, something. So at the end of the day, if you want to have a great relationship and you want to do whatever you can to keep it that way, the best thing you can do is treat it like any other living thing that you love. Watch it. Honor it. Protect it. Feed it. Nourish it. Enjoy it. Build it. Appreciate it. And fight for it. And why do I say fight for it? Because anything that's worth having is worth fighting for. Because contrary to popular opinion, relationships are not for the flaky. And commitment is not for cowards. So remember what I've said today. The story of how good or how bad your relationship is, is told by the beats. You have to listen to the sound of his heartbeat. If you hear it starting to tick like a bomb, start diffusing it. But if you hear the heart of your relationship beating with a rhythm that you can dance to, then keep dancing and don't stop. And keep coming up with new dance moves that you can break out with every day. Here we are, together, facing a group of mighty foes who seek our ruin. Here we are, together, defending all that is dear. Do we not owe it to ourselves, to our children, to tormented mankind, to make sure that these catastrophes do not engulf us. It is not given to us to peer into the mysteries of the future. Still I avow my hope and faith, sure and inviolate, that in the days to come, peoples will for their own safety and for the good of all walk together in majesty, in justice and in peace. This broadcast is brought to you by VictoryUnlimitedShow.com.